0: Mm-hmm.
1: up 502 it is going down and once again the greatest of rivalries are about to go down here in the derby city that's right just like megatron and optimus prime in the age-old battle of the transformers so shall the University of Louisville football fighting Cardinals take on those ugly Wildcats from Lexington. It is going down, people. It is the Cardinals. It is the Wildcats. It is Kentucky. It is Louisville. And guess what? It's all going down in about three hours. I cannot wait. Welcome in. This is Wake Up 502. This is your boy, Rashawn Myers, 96.1 FM, the Big X. Uh, and you know what? I am so So excited. I have been waiting for this game since Jeff Brown was announced as the head football coach of your Louisville Fighting Cardinals. Uh, Just to be able to know that Louisville was going to have a guy at that helm that understood A, how important this game was, and B, and more importantly, knew what it takes and knows what it takes to get his team prepared for this game that's something that has been sorely missing that is something that has been sorely lacking and i cannot hold back my excitement for this game today of course we have so much to get into here on 96.1 at 14:50 a.m. the big x i have so much to talk about we're going to break down this game from every angle we're going to break down this uh, game and matchup from every you know d- defense versus offense offense versus defense Special teams, uh, you know, coaching matchups, just everything. Uh, Haven Harrington uh, will be along here in just a moment as well. Of course, uh, we we'll want to. I want to get. I I need this to be. One of, if not uh, the most interactive shows uh, that you guys have ever had as part of this show. So make sure you get involved. Of course, the best way to get involved is 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. The text line is up and buzzing already this morning. Uh, Would love to hear from you, hear your thoughts. How are you feeling this morning? Everybody, it's been a whole lot of talking. It's been a whole lot of uh, anticipation. Um, it's been a you know some butterflies. People have been apprehensive and worried and excited about this game for so long. I need to know how you guys are feeling on game day morning. Are you ready? Are you confident? Uh, I need score predictions. I need that all. So once again, 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line is the best way to get involved. Big shout out to Thornton's and, and for you know make sure you go out to visit any of their eighty three thousand six hundred and forty two. Local Thornton's locations. Get your gas, get your grubs, get your goodies, get your ices. You know, big gul- <clears throat> big gulps, whatever you need. They have everything there for you at Thornton's, uh, and, and they will definitely make sure that they're going to take care of you. Um, so, you know, uh, make sure you get involved. I want to hear from you there. Of course, you can also give me a call if you want to give me a call in uh, live, 502-384-1450. Um, that is the Wake Up 502 Buzz line as well. We'll be taking your calls all day as this is a football heavy, heavy, heavy football show uh, today. So, uh, you know, I, I have been thinking about the best way to go at this because there's so many things that I think about uh, when I think about, you know, the, the, the Cardinals and the Wildcats, man. This has been, you know, of course, the, the, the rivalry uh, which got restarted back um, in uh, 1994 uh, when, you know, the, the, the rivalry first got started. They announced that they were going to get it back. And it's been a rivalry that the university by and large had dominated. Um, you know since things got up and rolling again of course uh you know the university of louisville i believe leads the uh the, the restarted series um i want to say what is it 15 13 something like that um of course uk still holds the all-time lead because of a bunch of games that were played at the uh the, the early early turn of the century uh back in the early 1900s which gives uk the overall uh, record i believe 1915. Uh, something like that. But, you know, you're talking about uh, the University of Louisville since this rivalry got started back for as much bluster and, and all the talk about how great the SEC is and, uh, you know, how Louisville was a commuter school that just, you know, didn't really come up to snuff. They're a school that almost shut down their football program. We all know the stories. Um, University of Louisville has, by and large, dominated this series up until... Uh, the last several years with Scott Satterfield taking over for the University of Louisville, he did go 0-4 um, or 0-3 uh, in his four years. Of course, uh, the, the game got canceled one year. Um, but, uh, you know, just Scott Satterfield just never seemed to be able to get a handle on the rivalry. Um, you know, the first game Louisville loses, uh, he's whining and complaining about the L's down. Uh, you know, everybody remembers that, and that kind of set the tone for what was Scott Satterfield's um, you know the way he handled the game is the best way I can say it because you know we heard that the, the following year after the whole L's down debacle now I know what it means to take on UK and now I know what it takes to get my team together and then of course you got blown out two more times so obviously Scott you did not know uh, of all the things uh, that Scott Satterfield failed at I think that um, it was definitely probably the biggest disappointment that Louisville was not able to even be competitive. Uh, but I'm sure Mark Stoops then sends him a Christmas card every year because that kind of kept Stoops from getting uh, or having any sort of uh, hot water with the with the Kentucky fan base. Because at least Kentucky was able to handle Louisville every year. So regardless of how the UK season went, good, bad, or uh, just okay, I mean, you know, of course. Stoops under the uh, under stoops over the last uh, several years, they've at least been okay. So, to top that off with a win over Louisville always just makes everything look a little bit better. Uh, when it comes to the football side of the rivalry. So, uh, you know, it's time to start enacting some revenge. It's time to start getting things back in order and to put Kentucky back in their rightful place, which is underneath the boot heel of the University of Louisville Cardinals football team. Uh, So I am very, very excited um, just to see how this whole thing gets together. There's been a lot of trash talk um, over the interwebs about this whole game. And Now apparently the the Louisville fan base are, are, is a snobbish fan base. Let me tell you something. Uh, the the comments by was it Deion Walker was the, uh, the the defensive player for Kentucky that said he hates Louisville and uh, you know he hates Louisville because their fans are snobs and think they're too good and all that stuff. That has provided me with the most hilarious week of preparation for this game. I mean the the memes on on uh, you know Twitter X and. Uh, all of the, the commentary about uh, how people are going to come to the games and what their tailgates are going to look like has been absolutely phenomenal. I have a feeling that I'm going to see some foolishness foolishness out there at l Cardinal Stadium today <laughs> when I'm walking in. Uh, so I, I cannot wait to see you all put your, your, your best snobby face on uh, as we get ready for this game. But it, it's been um, a very, very – I was a little worried um, when Louisville and Kentucky we're both five and zero, and everybody was hyping up the fact that Louisville, uh, you know, was taking on a Notre Dame team, uh, you know, with an opportunity to jump into the big time uh, and go six and zero. And Kentucky was uh, facing off with Georgia between the hedges, and you know, they talked about how neither it is—it was the first time that both teams were five and five and zero at that point in the season. So at that point, you start looking forward to the game at the end of the year. Said, "Man, this is going to be the biggest Louisville Kentucky game ever." Um, and then, of course, Kentucky. Uh, you know, just started losing pretty much every game after that. They had only won once uh, since that hot five and zero start, and that was against just an absolutely hapless Mississippi State team that ultimately fired their coach Um, at the end of the year. Of course, they were coming off the the unfortunate loss of Mike Leach, so they they you know they were able to at least get bowl eligible. Like this game, if Mississippi State would have, excuse me, if Mississippi State. would have found a way to win that game. And Kentucky was coming in here needing to get bowl eligible. That would have been the absolute cherry on the top of this whole situation. Um, unfortunately, they were able to at least get bowl eligible, but Louisville can at least make sure that Louis- that uh, Kentucky has a non-winning season. So, I mean, you know, we, we have to take the uh, the wins where we can get them. Uh, so it- so it-, it actually surprised me how quickly the game was sold out. It surprises me, um, the energy that is around the game. But UK uh, fans see this kind of as their last opportunity. I had a Kentucky fan tell me I was out and about. Of course, the good folks over at More Shenanigans uh, was out there doing a little karaoke yesterday, and I got the opportunity to sit and talk with both Louisville and Kentucky fans. I love to always get the temperature of the fan base. Everybody knows that I'm on here flapping my gums every morning. Uh, every Saturday morning here on, on Big X ninety six one. So of course everybody wants to talk to me about the game, uh, and you know the the Kentucky uh, fan that I was speaking to, he was like, uh, you know, I, when I when I think about this game, um, you know, Louisville's really really good, but I just don't think <clears throat> that you guys have really played anybody, and I, I don't really think that you all really have had the schedule and. You know, this is a lot closer game than what people are predicting. And and that's kind of been the general consensus is that U.K. fans kind of disparage their own team. But then at the same time, (laughs) wow, wow, Haven Harrington (laughs) it's hilarious. (laughs) Haven Harrington is in the building. But it's been very funny because the Kentucky fans have been both. Uh, they've been both kind of dismissive of their team, but at the same time trying to, like, throw cold water on the Louisville season. So that's a very odd flex uh, right now from the Kentucky fans. Haven Harrington, you you in there? You up and up and together, sir? Yes, sir. Oh, hold on. That's that's the wrong mic. Let's try this mic. Say that one more time. Yes, sir. Hey, there he is. There he is. Uh, Haven Harrington, how are you doing this morning, brother? Man. Whew. I'm excited. Man, let me ask you, Haven, because I'm going to get your thoughts on the game uh, in general. But I want to ask you, just in terms of going around, and, and I mentioned the fact that I was at it more shenanigans night. I was doing a little uh, karaoke, but I was talking uh, to some of the fans. And, you know, the, the Louisville fans, I hadn't really gotten into them yet, even though they seem a little nervous. But the Kentucky fans have been, every time I speak to a Kentucky fan, they talk about how their team sucks and isn't any good, but then they hurry up and talk about how Louisville's schedule is terrible and they really haven't played any anybody. Like that's been kind of the general reaction that I've gotten from Kentucky fans that, that I've spoken to. Uh, like what is the, the the temperature of the folks? I know that that, you know, you're a man about town and you're pretty much talking to everybody all the time. What are you hearing or what are you feeling from just the fans in general, especially from the big blue side of things?
2: SEC, baby. Wow. That's all you need to know. SEC, baby. We play in the toughest conference known to <laughs> Jesus H. Christ himself. <laughs> Ain't nobody better than SEC. We play the roughest, toughest, tumbling, rootin'est, tootin'est schedule oh, gosh. ever to ever come down.
1: I didn't know 70 Sam was a Kentucky fan.
2: <laughs> ever to come down in the hills and the hollers of Kentucky. We have to play Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. You guys don't play nobody like that in no your schedule. Best you play, you lost to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the weakest team on the man.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I guess, I guess you've that's been. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, that's been the whole thing. Like, I haven't heard, there's not been a single Kentucky fan that, to me, has really given Louisville any credit for anything that they've done this year. They've just kind of. And just, they
2: shouldn't give us credit. You know why? Why is because that? Because they're rivals. It's true. We don't need their credit. Only thing we need to do. Strap it up and beat that, you know what, up and down the field. That's all we have to do. We got to treat them like Oregon treated Oregon State in the Civil War last night. Let them know why the North won. (laughs) Fair
1: enough. Well, well, you know, and and no, I totally agree with you. I mean, Kentucky has had a a, um, firm handle on the rival over the last, uh, you know, four or five years. Uh, going back to the last year, but Bobby Petrino just kind of quit. quitting and, and that, that whole debacle. Bobby,
2: Bobby quit, and then you had your boy Scott Satterfield, who didn't understand what the rivalry week was all about, even though he played in the game like for four straight years. And even after the fourth year, he had no idea how big and tough the rivalry was. Like when he got to Cincinnati, he had no idea that you know, they have a rival.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the bully ball mentality, I mean, that, that's been kind of the biggest thing about it is that it really just seemed as if Kentucky really didn't have any sort of really technical advantage and technical game plan. It just was kind of one of those things where they just kind of came out and just bullied Louisville <laughs> every game, you know, and not just bullied them, bullied them and still put up like humongous amounts of points. It was kind of like, yeah, we're going to just run this ball down your throat. We're going to push you all out of the way and just basically take your lunch money.
2: You know, and what made it worse is like you knew what they were going to do. It was like there was any trick plays, like, they, you know, they not any razzle-dazzle. It was literally we're going to line up, hand the ball off, and just run it down your throats, and there's nothing you can do or anybody else can do can stop us. You may have this super – even Scott's last year, we had like this super awesome pass rush, and we thought that could maybe mitigate – you know, some of the woes we've had against, you know, playing against UK when Scott was here. And even that didn't help. But They still ran down our throats and bully balled us up and down the field.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it just it has been amazing the uh the consistency uh for for, for which Kentucky has just basically come out there. I mean they literally took a wide receiver at quarterback and beat Louisville just the beat the brakes off Louisville. That Lynn Bowden game is still the one of all of the games That's probably the one that annoys me outside of the Steven Johnson Lamar Jackson game. Like, that was kind of ridiculous just because, you know, UK UK and Steven Johnson especially had not shown any ability to even know what the forward pass was. But for Steven Johnson to come out and throw for like, you know, 220, 230 yards, what it was, three three touchdowns and have the game that he had, I don't know which was worse between that game and the Lynn Bowden game. Of this current streak of Kentucky wins, which is the one that kind of sticks in your crawl the most?
2: last year's
1: oh really okay
2: last year's when they literally just ran it down our throats their quarterback no it was the year before last where um levis just completely ran yeah. over everybody like oh he yes was. the yes. second coming of tim t throwing l's down l's down the, the man, the man ran over us like he was jim <laughs> brown he like literally just trucked like two of our safeties yeah and yeah. kept moving and we we knew exactly what they were going to do i mean it was like no secret and we had like zero answers, and everybody, you know, Satterfield's on the sideline looking like, well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I didn't know this game was all that big. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's, just, it's just another game. Yeah, yeah, no. No, it, 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 no it's, 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 it's not. It's, not like, it's, it's like when Rick Pitino kept trying to convince everybody, well, you know, the UofL-UK game is just another game. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just, uh, you know, we played 30 games. Just this as one game. It's like practice against a good team. You know, it, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, it does, it does matter. matter. <laughs> unfortunately, got
2: it fired. does. Ed Ordron got fired because he couldn't beat Alabama. One national championship couldn't beat Alabama. Had to go. Yeah. Had to go.
1: And, and I tell you what, I, Ryan
2: Day may get fired because he can't beat Michigan. We may we won't find out.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like well, we're gonna have to find out exactly. Uh, You know, this is kind of the put up or shut up. But that's the one thing that has been interesting to me, Haven, is that, you know, especially as Louisville has climbed up the college football playoff rankings and where they've been at normally, um, there's a lot of shakeups over the, the, the last four or five weeks of the year. It is amazing. How consistent the teams at the top of the rankings have been uh, over these last five weeks since the college football playoff rankings came out. I mean, there's literally not been any upsets. There's not been any um, <clears throat> slippage. The only teams that have lost in the top twelve have been teams that were playing the teams that were ranked higher in the top twelve. <laughs> like literally, these teams have come out and handled their business. We you just talked about it with the way Oregon handled Oregon State. We saw what Texas did at Texas. Tech last night, um, it has been to something where it's almost been like a, a, you know, everybody just keeps staring at each other in the face to see who blinks first, and nobody's blinking. No, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where nobody is is is, uh, you know, blinked as of yet for any of these teams in the in the top uh, top ten, and Louisville's not really been able to get any sort of momentum moving up in the rankings because these teams have been so consistent. Um, so you know, as these weeks have gone by, Louisville's well, play except for one team. Who's that?
2: Florida State dropped to what five?
1: Yeah, Florida State dropped, but they haven't lo- taken a loss. You know, I'm just no, I'm just speaking of. You yeah, know, okay, none okay. of these teams have taken a loss. Like the higher ranked teams, you know, the highest ranked teams every week have pretty much won. Louisville went up in the rankings, um, of course, because Ole Miss took a loss um, and Missouri took a loss, but they of course played what Georgia and um, uh, and uh, I think what did Georgia play? No, Georgia played one and Alabama played the other. You know, so, I mean, so you're talking about um just moving up because literally they were playing higher ranked teams but it's been amazing the consistency of these teams so we're trying to find out if there's going to be anybody that blinks uh, as we move forward or is it going to pretty much stay chalk I was kind of <clears throat> saddened to see uh Florida State drop that one spot from four to number five was Mar- Washington moving up but once again you can't really complain about it because all five teams are undefeated so you know it is what it is. Um, Florida State had a great game. I mean, even though, of course, you had the unfortunate injury with Jordan Travis breaking his leg, which I really, really hated to see that. Um, that happened to him. That young man who, uh, you know, was having a wonderful season and, and you know, was a, a great storyline. Um, but, you know, I think that if Florida State continues to win, in my personal opinion, I think they're going to end up in the top four because I just don't see them. If four teams end up undefeated, I don't feel that they would take and undefeated team out of the mix to put a one-loss team in there. So, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing, if you're a Louisville fan, you want Florida State to take care of Florida today. And, of course, you want Louisville to take care of Kentucky. So that way – Florida State, if they beat Louisville, Florida State's going to the playoff and Louisville's going to the Orange Bowl. Um, and if Louisville wins that game, Louisville, of course, ends up in the Orange Bowl. So I think if Florida State wins today and Louisville takes care of business versus the Cats, I think it's a guarantee that Louisville's going to get in that Orange Bowl. Like, like, what, well, do, you know, there's always, Would you agree with that?
2: There's always an outside chance we could actually creep our way into the top four. I mean, there's still a possibility. It's I just – it's, it's there's like, just
1: not been any upset, I mean, it's, so it's been tough.
2: That, it is like super extra remote that, that, that that's going to happen, like almost impossible. But there is a, 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 small, a, a, a small chance that if we win out, we could creep up. Because, you know, somebody's going to lose between Michigan and Ohio State. Yes. And then one of those teams could still lose once they make it to the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, that's why I said it's so important for Florida. Yeah. Like, the only way that this still remains a possibility for Louisville to get in, in my personal opinion, would be for Florida State to stay undefeated. Like, there's no scenario where if Florida State loses, Louisville can make the college football playoff. Like, I think that's pretty much a prerequisite is that Florida State's going to have to be undefeated going into that game versus Louisville. Louisville, of course, has to beat Kentucky. I don't think there's any other way for Louisville to even have an sh- opportunity.
2: No, not. At least not <clears> this year, <throat> but next year, whoa, nilly. Yeah, I mean next year's what the top twelve, right? Yes, and we would definitely be sitting pretty in our top twelve. Now imagine like this season is really going to set us up great for next season. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: it's definitely, especially with the game with the uh, the the playoff moving to twelve teams, the higher that you begin. Uh, the earlier definitely helps you out. So that way, if you do take a loss early, um, you have plenty of time to kind of rebound from that. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> I think that, you know, two losses will probably get you in the playoff most years if you can maybe start preseason top 10, top 12. Oh yeah, you know. So I, I think that that definitely bodes well for Louisville moving forward. But just in terms of what's op out there, um, the only way that you can even keep those super slim hopes of a playoff appearance alive is if both FSU and Louisville take care of business. Um, so you know I, I I will be interested to see what happens. Uh, I will be watching uh, that Florida State game very closely. Um, the, uh, what time is that? Their game kicks at seven o'clock right tonight, right? Yes. Yeah, seven o'clock ESPN versus Florida in the swamp. Uh, so, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Hopefully, Tate Rodemaker has got one more good game in him. I don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for Florida uh, with Graham Mertz going down. Uh, is they're having the battle of the backup quarterbacks uh, in, in, in Gainesville. So. Well,
2: looking for Florida State, they have a much better supporting <laughs> cast.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, Florida State has won all year based on their defense and and, and their uh, running game. I almost a defense and rebounding. <laughs> but their, their defense and their running game has, you know – paved the way for everything uh, that they've been able to do. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll see what happens with that. But we're, we're saying that, you know, if you're a Cardinal fan, you're still holding out, out hope for the playoff while it is, you know, they I think they said it was like a 1% chance at Louisville. Could make the the playoff. I think that one percent is still there, uh, but definitely a lot of dominoes need to fall. You need to get that inside straight that Louisville's not really been able uh, to get any part of so far over the last three weeks. You know that you have to give credit to teams taking care of business, uh, staying away from the upsets. But that definitely means that Louisville's probably going to get a really really good matchup uh, in, in the the bowl game, regardless of who they play. I've I've seen Ohio State and Alabama are pretty much the two teams. That Louisville slated to uh, to square off against. So if you get a win today over Kentucky, you're going to either be playing two of the you know I guess what the two greatest football programs of the last what 15 years. Easy. I mean Alabama and Ohio State's pretty much been the class of college football. So you're talking about getting one of those two games most more than likely in the Orange Bowl. And if I would say that would be the greatest matchup that Louisville's played in a bowl game.
2: Literally. It, it, well, we played Alabama before. We played Alabama
1: before, but that but, that was an Alabama team that was what six and six. Yeah, going yeah, into
2: that game, I believe so. I, I, or not, I not
1: six and six, six and five because they only played eleven games. Yeah. at that point, I believe Alabama was like six and five going into that game. Louisville beat them, and the, Alabama finished the season six and six.
2: And being like they stole something, yeah, you have to get it right.
1: So, I mean, you're talking about that. I, you know, Louisville takes care of business today. They're going to be staring down their greatest bowl matchup in the history of the program. And then, you know, as I've continued to say, Louisville is currently in the midst of their well, greatest actually, football no, season. No, it ever.
2: wouldn't. It may actually not be. How so? Uh, when we beat the the pants off of Florida in the Sugar Bowl, Florida's like number three in the country.
1: Florida was yes. No, I I would say that. But that Florida
2: team, it was we Okay, now nobody
1: now. thought that that Florida team was any good.
2: Like, like no, but the thing that Florida team still was like one SEC championship game away for playing for national title. They
1: literally. were no, they, they were, but no, I, I will say that. But the reputation of that Florida team was like, yeah, you know, like it, it, they weren't considered. Like I, I think that if you look at that, what that team, if you're if Louisville's playing a, you know, a, a two loss Alabama, I would say that that would carry a lot more cachet. Than that Florida team. I mean, then
2: that one loss. Well, okay, I will say this. You
1: know, like I, I think that that they Florida would just carry team, a little team more, did have Jeff,
2: right. uh, Jeff Driscoll quarterback, who was god awful.
1: I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, nobody really thought that that Florida team was any good. I, I, I remember them just having a very favorable schedule, and they kind of just, you know, were, were there because they really didn't have to play anybody.
2: No, no, they had great defense, and they ran all over everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the schedule was was very forgiving. They had a a very dominant uh, defense, and they were able to kind of utilize that running game, and they could just kind of hide Jeff Driscoll uh, the whole season. Um, So, you know, I, I definitely would say that Louisville, there would be a whole lot more hype. Like, I know that there was a lot of conversation, but it was not because Louisville was facing some great Florida team. It was more like, well, this is Florida, and that's Louisville. You know and, and Florida is is a really good team from the SEC so Louisville's going to just get ran over but I think that the weight that would carry if Louisville would find a way to to, to knock off an Ohio State or an Alabama in 2023 and you're talking about an Alabama that's either going to be it's going to probably be a two loss Alabama or a one loss Ohio State like that's going to carry more weight especially if you beat saving or knock off a one loss Ohio State team. Like
2: I, honestly, I think the uh, Bama. Actually, I think a two-loss Bama team actually carry more weight. Than I agree the, than, than Ohio State. You beat
1: Nick Saban in a bowl game in in you know in a in a you know New Year's Six Bowl. Like that's that's humongous. Like that's huge.
2: You
1: know, I, I mean, you you get a lot of credit for that.
2: And Jeff Sprum Legend will already be submitted in Cardinal Lord. Uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, th- this is this is setting up to be um you know a very exciting finish but you know what first things first we got to get through um you know th- this uh matchup today with the kentucky uh, malcats yeah got to get that going so i tell you what haven Harrington we're gonna go ahead we're gonna get a get, get us to break is uh
2: hold on hold I- up. before you go to break get on the twitter interwebs go out there and and let's get some smack talk going
1: Yeah, Who are you you telling To get Smack Talk going
2: Get on your Twitter account And tell all the UK fans All the U.S. fans To call in with your best Smack Talk Wow Okay Let's go It's rivalry week man This is what it's about Talk trash.
1: I don't want to do that Before I go to break I want to do that After I go to break So I can actually type Because you know I am like running a board I'm not in there Being a lazy bumpkin like you they're Haven Somebody Harrington. To. I actually have to work. <laughs> but, hey, you are listening to Wake Up 502. This is 96.1. This is the Big X, and we'll be back. As Optimus Prime, it looks like this is not going to be a good day for him, unfortunately. Hey, we'll be back on the Big X with Sean Myers, Haven Harrington. Wake Up 502.
0: I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. <sighs>
1: Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Second segment of the show is going to be a showdown in the Cardinal Corral. It's going to be the Wildcats. It's going to be the Cardinals. It's going to be the street fight for it all, and it's definitely going to be a street fight. I think Haven Harrington, how many – over? give me an over-under. How many fights are there going to be out there uh, between pregame and the end of this one today? I've got to put that over-under. My over-under would be what, about 5.5? I'd
2: say about 10 or 12. <laughs> the easy 10 or 12
1: like uofl like stinks of of aspiration okay like they're trying to achieve something uk st- stinks of desperation so you have one team that's aspiring for greatness and one team that's desperate to just have anything go well for them <laughs> like it, it seems like both teams are going to be desperate from but much for much different reasons uh, and that's going to make for a very volatile like I, you can almost cut the tension like there's been so much tension and consternation uh, I can just feel it with the fans so I mean with the fans being so uptight you know with, with the the uh, the smack talk that Deion Walker was talking early in the week uh, there just feels like there's going to be a very very um Palatable tension around the game. I remember the the, the game uh, in Lamar's Heisman year. Uh, you know when when Louisville had to go down there to UK and uh, uh, I can't remember the, the linebacker's name, the kid that kept trying to start fights with everybody. Um, was throwing, you know, they were throwing trash cans around um, Jordan something. Uh, I can't remember the kid's last name, uh, but just all of the the shenanigans. Like I, this feels like a game where there's going to be a lot of shenanigans going on. You know, like, I I just have a feeling that this is not going to be your typical football game. I mean, I know that there's bigger rivalries. I know there's Ohio State uh, in Michigan, and I know there's South Carolina Clemson and uh, Auburn uh, Auburn and Alabama, but I think this is going to be maybe one of the nastiest games of the day. What do you think? Really? I do, honestly. Like, as far as just being, you know, stuff after the whistle Uh, You know, fights and skirmishes breaking out. I I think that this may be uh, one of, if not the most, contentious game of the day, honestly.
2: Uh, You know, I'm not so sure. I'm I'm not so sure. I think a lot of Pac-12 rivalries are going to be more contentious. Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 rivalry is going to be more contentious <laughs> only because this is literally the last time a lot of these rivalries are going to happen.
1: You know, I don't think it's going to really be contentious because everybody's going their own way except for Oregon State and uh, uh, who was the other one? Oh, the, was Washington, State. Washington State. And Washington State. Like,
2: but, but you yeah, I, know. Like, I mean, is it is it
1: going to really be contentious with anybody else because everybody else is going on the quote-unquote greener pastures. Yeah,
2: it's going to be contentious because this is like the last time we are going to play each other. Like, imagine if this was like the last U L uk game ever. This was it. Like last, like last year was the Civil War. They've been playing for almost a hundred years straight, and this is probably going to be like the last I mean, year they and, play.
1: And how and how well that work out for Oregon State?
2: <laughs> it's Oregon State. I mean, that's, that's like you know. I mean, Oregon does have Will Stein.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's that. That's that's fair. It's an unfair advantage. It is an unfair advantage. <laughs> but I mean, I I just think as far as the play on the field, because I mean, I really didn't see any chippiness with the Texas Texas Tech game. I really didn't see much chippiness. Okay, it's with Texas the, Tech. I mean, the Oregon Oregon State game even there wasn't really a bunch of fights and that stuff when, going on. When's
2: the last time Texas Tech has been? in I mean,
1: I I would have I would have thought you would have said at least Auburn Alabama just because you know none of those little you know I mean they they, they seem to be they seem to always get into something. Uh, there seems to always be some kind of little extracurricular activities. I mean, they poison the trees, <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't get more contentious than poisoning. Uh, I mean, like, you
2: know, like the the iron bowl would trees. be like big, but I mean, Auburn's just god awful. I mean, they, I mean, they got tuned up last week by what? Uh, what's the matter you? I mean, literally.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I just but like it just seems like I think Michigan, Ohio State. Will, will be a very contentious one. I mean, I think it's going to be – I do. I think Louisville, U.K., I think Michigan, Ohio State, and I think Auburn, Alabama are going to be the three most contentious games of of the weekend. Like, I, I really just didn't see anything. Like, the Pac-12 is just kind of going out like a whimper. Like, they're just like, okay. Like, you know, and they're, they're them up there giving, quote, unquote, all the power to, you know, Oregon State, uh, you know, and, and, and Washington State. To, you know, you all can make all the decisions for the Pac-12 now. It's like, okay. Enjoy that set of steak knives. <laughs> like it's like okay they, they can make all the decisions on the conference moving forward. Like okay, what what, what are you all gonna do? Move to the to the the whack or, or you know where, where are you going? Mountain West. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, i not a choice, do you? So I mean, no, I I, I do like I, I expect this to be. You know, of course, it's going to be overshadowed because Michigan and Ohio State are playing at the exact same time. But I think for your television watching value, this game is going to be fun to watch just because if you like that type of stuff, if you like guys after the whistle getting into it or every time they run into the the opponent's uh, sideline, everything, you know, guys are all piling up and people running around. I think there's going to be a lot of that today going on just as much as anywhere. But, you know, I, I do want to get your thoughts. I know we got about about 15 minutes left uh, before we get to the top of the hour. First hour is flying by. I do want to get your thoughts in just a second, but I did want to go ahead and start getting through some of these texts on the uh, Wake Up 502 uh, and Thornton's text line, um, 502-414-1450, if you want to get in. Uh texter says, uh, good morning, Wake Up 502, main event. And he says, black folk are not snobbish. We have confidence in the words of Coach Prime. He said a couple of things for you all this morning. He said, first of all, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Appreciate that. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well." He says, "I'm eating leftovers during the game, and especially chitlins. Wow. Haven, <laughs> hey, what do you think about chitlins?
2: I, uh, just say no.
1: No, no, you're not a chitlins guy.
2: No, uh, not at all. It's literally, just <laughs> say no.
1: Chitlins on Thanksgiving. You know that is some. That's some good old down south <laughs> eating right there. I, 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 I used to be a big chitlins guy." Growing up, like my family, that that was like one of the the um, holidays specialties. Um, have not really been a chitlins guy over the last ten, twelve years. Just because, and your heart thinks you for it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yes, because I I'm definitely not the one preparing them, and everybody who eats them. Uh, yeah, uh, they they don't really, you know, like you said, <laughs> the cholesterol didn't allow it. <laughs> texter also says he says my prediction for today's game is thirty one fourteen. We have a chance uh, to get uh, four trophies in one sneeze, uh, one season, the Schnellenberger Trophy, the Governor's Cup, ACC Championship Trophy, uh, and the National Championship Trophy. Yeah, that was the uh, National Championship Trophy. Well, <laughs> let's slow down on the National Championship Trophy. How about trophy? Okay, yes. Once again, there is an opportunity that Louisville could go to the playoff. But how about just a bowl game trophy? Can we just go with a bowl game trophy? Like yes, we still have a, an opportunity at four trophies. The Schnellenberger Trophy was a good one uh, to get started. That that Miami game had me a little worried. Haven that 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 trophy almost didn't come home. I was a little stressed last Saturday. I I, I am so glad. Like I feel like the the listeners. Um, you know, and the folks that follow me on X probably would love to have a, wi- uh, a live camera.
2: Uh, you know what? Let's still call it Twitter because X just sounds retarded. Yeah,
1: like, like the, the, the folks on Twitter, I feel like they would have been very entertained watching me watch the game because for uh, you know anybody who sees me when I go live to the games, whether it be at the football games um, or the basketball games, I am super, super reserved and super, super calm when I'm in the building. But I turn into an insane maniac when I'm at home watching games.
2: Yes, you do, and, and I can like, attest to that. Yeah, like
1: I get, I get very animated. It's a lot of curse words flying. Um, yeah, I have not thrown a remote control through my television as of yet, even though I have wanted to. Um, but my son constantly makes fun of me and just tells me I need to calm down. For you know, get my blood pressure up and have a heart attack. But I, I get very animated, and to say the least, that Miami game, um, yeah, was not good for my health. <laughs> but they found a way to get it done, Haven. They found a way to get it done. Uh, you know, uh, I have to give a lot of pr- uh, credit to Jack Plummer. He found a way to like um, call my nerves. So yes, that that, that was Trophy Number One. Uh, so this is the opportunity for Trophy Number Two. Um, you know, so so you know, I, I think that Louisville is they're in a good mind space. That they're in a good head space. Um and, and I'm liking the vibes. And, and lastly, Texter says um, number three. He says lastly, do not be a, a Debbie Downer. He said not to be a Debbie Downer. But looking at men's basketball's team schedule, I see about two more games that they might win, but the rest are L's. Uh, he said, but I did hear that uh, Billy Donovan will be looking for a job uh, pretty soon if we don't get Jay right. Well, <laughs> yeah, th- th- it's de- things are definitely not going well in Chicago. So you know, I would think that if if Billy the kid uh, did uh, did end up getting Um, dismissed from Chicago you would think that if he decides that he wants to continue to coach that that would be a guy that will be very attractive to a lot of different schools so you know there's a possibility but you know basketball we are going to set aside in a way next week yeah yes because we will have plenty of time to have to focus on that foolishness Uh, and I'm definitely not looking forward to getting into any of that but at least they played hard in New York because we're supposed to celebrate a basketball team full of 18- to 22-year-olds playing hard for 40 minutes. I still don't understand that. I understand why that's even uh, something that we would do. Stop being a hater. But I digress. Like, Stop being a congratulations hater. Congratulations for playing hard. Stop Not. being a hater, Rashawn. That's what you're supposed to do. Stop being a hater. Do better. Win games. No one gives a crap about your hard work. Stop hating. No, win Win games. Stop hating. Anywho, uh, Haven Harrington, let, let, let me ask you. So, you know, we we, we talked about – uh, kind of the general feeling of the fan base. How have your emotions uh, moved this week? Like, have you had any big changes? How are you feeling early in the week versus to how you're feeling on game day morning? Like, 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 give me your the expanse of your feelings about this game coming into the week, and then how the, things have progressed as the week has gone along.
2: I mean, I feel like more than confident about this game because we actually have a coach who understands rivalry. He played in the you know he played in the game, but he knows how big this is. So this this be the first time since I'm, I wasn't going to say Bobby, but Bobby 2.0 was kind of suspect, even I know even though I know I, I know Bobby hated Kentucky. Uh, so I'm going to say, yeah, you know this, uh, this is the first time since since Bobby's been here, that we've had you know somebody here that knows what the rivalry's all about. It's, it's going to take it seriously. You know, Scott never took it seriously. You know he never really grasped how big the rivalry was but Jeff completely totally understands and I think he's going to have this team ready, pumped up and excited and ready to go. You know, to me the only question is is how healthy are we going to be when we play? When we play today.
1: Yeah, I mean Jamari Thrash definitely. I would say that um you know, Thrash definitely seemed to be about as nicked up last game, that Miami game. It, it that was the first game where I really saw that that wrist hand injury was giving him problems because there was a few times where he dropped passes where it seemed like he was grabbing at his hand, pawing at his hand, um, like it was really, really giving him trouble. Um, that was kind of the first time that I had seen that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Jawar Jordan um, just seems like he's just maybe slightly – I don't know if babying is the word, but just kind of – he's not cutting as violently and he's not doing some of those things. So those two guys definitely seem to be having – some issues and laboring a bit, um, I, I would say that that would be something to keep an eye on. But, you know, with the way that <coughs> Jeff Brom utilized <coughs> excuse me, the uh, tight ends uh, the last game, that definitely took a lot of pressure off of Thrash and even the running game because that was something that we had been lamenting and, and asking for because Louisville had pretty much utilized just the perimeter Game when it come to came to passing the football and they really weren't utilizing the middle of the field. Then all of a sudden against Miami, Jeff Brom rediscovers uh, the middle of the field. I mean, and it's one of those things where I have to give Jeff credit. Like it's one of those things where Jeff only makes adjustments when he needs to, and, and uh, you know that that's something that I just have to give him credit for. Like I feel like he's been holding that in the bag, um, and, and some of the the emphasis that he put on on uh, finding Kuriski, finding Lifson, um, you know, getting Gatewood involved. Um, I mean, that that fourth down play call um, that, that he made early, early in the game where Plummer uh, puts it right on the money to Kariski, uh, you know, 25, 30 yards down the field to give Louisville a first and goal from about the 10 yard line uh, was a humongous. Uh, play early in that game and kind of set the tone uh, for the tight ends as a whole uh, as the game went along and I think that that's one of those new things that now um, you know after Louisville pretty much was only wide receiver heavy for most of the year now Stoops and company are going to have to prepare for this tight end game you know I mean the tight end has had what 12 catches in the game against Miami I believe Yes. Uh, you know, so you're talking about now you have to prepare your defense a lot differently because now you're going to have to, you know, keep maybe hold those safeties in a, in a little bit longer. And that would, you know, hopefully give guys like Amari Huggins, Bruce, uh, like Jamari Thrash. You know, like uh, Jimmy Calloway uh, and the rest of those guys, uh, you know, uh, Jaden Thompson, opportunities on the perimeter just because now maybe those safeties have to creep up and in a little bit further, not only to worry about um, uh, Garendo and Jordan, but now they have to worry about Kariski in the middle, which means you're going to have less help on the outside, which means if Jack Plummer can properly place the ball, um, you know, on those outside receivers, guys down the sidelines, there's going to be opportunity there. Um, So, you know, I I think that, you know, what Jeff Brom has done, his mastery of being able to game plan and his ability to self-scout and adjust has been none short of outstanding, man. I'm just – that's where Haven, to me, Louisville has the biggest uh, uptick and where they've had the biggest change. It's just the simple fact that we have a guy that understands strategy and preparation as well as how to get his guys motivated to play. You know, like that that was just what was missing. Scott Satterfield was very good at teaching the fundamentals. He was very good at, you know, getting to, to get together a game plan and if his game plan was solid going in, he was usually good to go. But where Scott failed miserably was A, when it became a toughness battle, B, when it became uh, you know, a matchup versus a team that he maybe gave too much credit to. Uh, And C, uh, when it came down to making adjustments, especially in the passing game, Scott was not good at making those adjustments on the fly. And I think Jeff Brom has gotten pretty much an A or an A-plus in all three of those, um, you know, categories all year long, wouldn't you say?
2: Oh, most definitely. I mean, his ability to – I mean, uh, last week, Miami, like we literally just out-coached Miami, right? Took them to school. And yeah. you could tell the adjustments, the play calls, how creative he was getting with this play calling, especially as he got more comfortable with Jack throwing the ball uh, and the way Garindo was running the ball. I mean, it's just the man's like a kid in a candy store now, right? I mean, he has all these weapons, all these tools at his disposal, and he's finding new ways to use them. You know, he's throwing things out there, you know, late in the game. Like one of the things I, I expect to see. Either this game or an AC Championship game, they're going to run out Mike Conley for his two yards in the cloud of dust rushing. The wild Conley finally worked. No, what he's going to do is he's going to take, he's going to, you know, he's going to get the snap. He's going to take two steps or maybe one step towards line of scrimmage, stop, and he's going to unleash a Hail Mary and somebody's going to be wide open running down the field. That's coming. He's been, I I believe Jeff's been priming that play all season long or just running Conley constantly and he's going to at least to throw the ball a couple of times against somebody. It's coming.
1: Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, that's definitely kind of the long plan. That's why I was so shocked that against the most athletic team that Louisville played all year, Conley's been able to get like a yard or two the whole season. And then he runs like the six or seven-yard touchdown run against Miami. I was I was thoroughly shocked. But the thing about that, the, the the wonderful thing about that was the play design. It was basically an inside counter. Uh, it, it was amazing just to watch how that whole thing went down because he, he gets the ball, fakes the outside pitch, and then they ran a counter inside. And it was just a beautiful play call. I mean, that's the thing about watching, uh, you know, the way Brown puts together his game plan, man, the, 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 um, the finesse and accuracy and the attention to detail that all his guys utilize and running running his plays, blocking it properly, selling the fakes properly is just beautiful. I mean, he literally used that Miami aggressiveness and that Miami speed against them the whole game. You know, I mean, it was just wonderful to watch. Um, It was an amazing, amazing uh, play-calling display uh, that Coach Brown put on. And I'm excited to see what he has today because I have a feeling that Kentucky is going to come out uber-aggressive. I think that, you know, where we've seen Kentucky have a lot of success with Louisville is definitely on the interior defensive line. Um, you know, that's where guys like Walker have feasted on Louisville over the, the last several games. And to me, in my personal opinion, the biggest reason that Kentucky has won is because those defensive tackles have manhandled the Louisville offensive line. And I think they're going to pin their ears back and they're going to come uh, after Jack Plummer hard up the middle. And I, and I will be very interested to see what uh, wrinkles, uh, you know, Jeff Brom goes with today. I, I think that the, the screen game is probably going to be a big one today. I think that you know, utilizing some of that Kentucky aggressiveness to get against them up the middle is going to give opportunities uh, for plays to be made right behind those guys. You know, you're talking about five to ten yards uh, you know, to the middle of the field. I think there's going to be opportunity there. So it's going to be interesting. I think Kentucky's going to be desperate, and because of that, they're going to come out very aggressive. So what Brom does to kind of counter that is going to be huge. But I tell you what, Haven, uh, we are already at the top of the hour. Like this first hour has absolutely flown by, you know. It's it's amazing, dude. Just the, just, it, it, can you feel the the excitement and the energy? Can you feel it, Haven? And
2: you know it, man.
1: My goodness, hey, this is the Governors Cup break, breakdown preview. This is Rashawn Myers. This is Haven Harrison. This is ninety six point one the Big X. We're still going to be taking your calls and texts, so keep them coming. And we'll be back. 502-384-1450 and 502-414-1450. And we'll be back on the Big X. Keep it locked. number two a wake up 502 is going down 96.1 FM this is the big X this is your boy Rashawn Myers taking care of you joined as always by the man the myth the legend the architect himself Mr. Ace of the Izzo Haven Harrington a little bit of LL Cool J mama said knock you out on a wonderful clear beautiful Saturday morning here in the Ville crisp, cool. It feels like football weather. That's going to be a whole lot of hitting out there, and I'm telling you, it's going to be all about who cracks first, who blinks first. It's going to be a brawl for it all. Haven Harrington, this ain't going to be for the the, the faint of heart today. It's going to be hitting. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be ugly, and and I think, you know, you talked about Mama Said Knock You Out. I think that's perfect. That is the perfect definition for what we're going to see out there today.
2: It's going to be a brawl. You know, It's going to be interesting to see not only who blinks first, but what team can impose their will on the other team first. I, I think this one's, this game is going to come down to who can impose their will. It's going to be UofL's running game or UK's running game. Like, like we know UK's running game has been suffering, right?
1: Yeah, Ray Davis has been struggling over the last four or five games.
2: Hard. He's like really been on a struggle bus. But, you know, anytime that UK plays UofL, Stoops always has UK ready to go. These guys will be hyped up. Ray Davis is gonna get his yards this game, but can he get enough yards? And and that's gonna be the question. Can he get enough yards? Can Leary actually start, you know, passing the ball like everybody thought he was gonna like everybody thought he, he was gonna do at the beginning of the season. Right? I mean can can UK get off this snide, can the offense get it going and click it up a, a, a notch or two and actually compete? And actually I think UK will. I, I think UK will have some success on offense. I don't think it's going to be enough.
1: I mean, you know, it, it has been tough, man. Since since that, you know, since Georgia pretty much just put Ray Davis in a, you know, in timeout. It seems like every team has kind of followed that same pattern to victory, and they've just really stacked the box and made sure that you know Davis was not going to be the guy to beat them. And it seems like that's been the path to victory, uh, you know, for every game except for Mississippi State on the road, and that's been kind of you know, the the, the formula. Like, I, I'm sorry, if Kentucky comes out the way they did at South Carolina last week, they only put up 14 points and Ray Davis struggles. I don't think there's any chance that Kentucky can win this game scoring 14 points. You know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, Ray Davis finished, uh, you know, South Car- that, that game versus South Carolina, 12 carries for 61 yards. If that happens, I just don't think there's a path to victory. You know, like he's going to have to be able uh, to come out and give you more than that uh, if Kentucky's going to have an opportunity. And you're talking about a Louisville team that has one of the best run defenses, I believe, uh, number 12 this week as the 12th best rushing defense in the country. Uh, You know, so uh, Ray Davis is going to have to come out and frankly do something that he's not been doing, you know, over the last five or six weeks. And he's going to have to do it against a team that's one of the best rush defenses in the country. I mean, you know, when you look at the numbers, and that's why it's very difficult to judge this game because, you know, if you look at it by the numbers and you look at the strengths of UK versus the strengths of Louisville, Louisville, it just, all the numbers say that Louisville should have a big advantage in those areas and Louisville should have a great opportunity, um, you know, to, to get this thing done. But. We know that this game has never been about the numbers because more times than not, Louisville has come into this game. I mean, Haven Harrington, look at it last year. You know, Louisville seemed the last two years, honestly, to come in with all the momentum in the world. Two years ago, Louisville was coming off uh, Malik Cunningham looking like just all-world versus Duke. You remember he had that you know 300-yard passing, 200-yard rushing game versus Duke and then comes back against UK and just –
2: Forgets how to play quarterback. Yes.
1: You know, I I mean, you've had that happen so many times where Louisville was having a great season last year. Uh, You know, they're coming down the stretch of the season. Uh, Looks like they're going to have an opportunity for eight regular season wins. Seems like Louisville has a lot of momentum. And once again, they come into that game and just look like they forgot how to play football. So the numbers have really never told the tale, um, especially even, you know, prior to um, to to you know the, the debacle that was uh, Scott Satterfield that this has been kind of apropos. I mean I, I remember back to the you know early twenty uh, tens. Uh, you know, so some of those games with uh, you know Charlie Strong, even where games would be closer than what you would expect. Even if Kentucky is not necessarily great, they find a way to circle the wagons and make big plays. Whether it's in special teams, whether it's defensive touchdowns, whether it's a turnover game, this is a game where UK usually finds a way to make those special plays happen. Um, so you know, staying away from the big mistake, and that's been you know a question for Jack Plummer. He had a big interception early in the Miami game. Uh, you know jack being able to stay away from those turnovers have got to be paramount um you know for, for you haven where is the biggest spot now, we're going to look at this in all four spots we're going to look at louisville's offense and defense kentucky's offensive and defense for louisville's offense where do you think they have the biggest advantage and where do you think they need to kind of focus on if they're going to be uh you know good against this uk defense today
2: Biggest advantage of the offense would be uh, our running backs and wide receivers, right? I believe that we have the running backs to take advantage of UK's defensive line, and UK's secondaries has been okay. We definitely have the wide receiver core. Uh, Maybe even with the deemed-up Jamari Thrash, I still think we have the wide receiver core that we could definitely take advantage of some of those gaping holes that's going to be in the secondary. Can we give them the ball? It's a different story, but the guys will be open. If we can hit them. It's going to be a long day for Kentucky, but I, I do expect us to be able to run the ball, uh, especially with our running backs, uh, with, with a little thunder and lightning, a little power and finesse, if you will, uh, with the guys we have. And I think we still matriculate the ball down the field like we have all season. I don't think we should change our game plan that much against Kentucky.
1: Yeah. I think
2: the things that got us here is things we just keep on doing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And so, and no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that, you know, the, I loved what I saw from the tight ends. I think that the middle of the field is going to be open. As you said, you know, where South Carolina was able to take advantage, like South Carolina wasn't really able to run the ball um, versus uh, UK last week. Uh, you know, that, that that UK defense is known for stacking the box. They're known for putting a lot of pressure. They believe in let's not sit back. Let's put as much pressure on the quarterback as possible and shut down the running game while we're at it. And that's kind of what they did last week. But Spencer Rattler was able to get, you know, a few passes over the top uh, to the tune of 207 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And this is a South Carolina team that had not been playing well. Uh, they came into that game in two, at 2-4. and four. Uh, But they were able to find a way uh, to get things done and knock off the Wildcats. So I think that a lot like the Miami game, Haven, there's going to be opportunity um, for Jack Plummer. And I think that's going to be where, I you know, as – Bad as Jack Plummer's been at times, I think the most important guy um, on this team is going to once again be Plummer. I'm not worried about the offensive line because the offensive line, even after um, the, the loss of Brown for the season, um, Louisville's defense—excuse me, Louisville's offensive line—has been able to not miss a beat for the most part. You know, we've seen Garendo play really well. We've seen those things happen. So, you know, I think it's more about Plummer, and, and I think those passing
2: opportunities are going to be there, don't you? Oh yeah, the opportunities are definitely going to be there. It's just can can the ball get there, in in a timely fashion? You know, when once the ball gets done in a timely fashion, yeah, it's just it's it's, it's it's a wrap. You know what what this game is going to come down to literally is who can enforce their will on the other team, like like what team is literally going to be able to line them up and run it down the other guy's throat? I believe that I believe that that's what I'm coming to. Throwing a ball is I think it's going to be something nice you can do hit him deep, you know, every now and then to keep them on us. But this is literally going to be bully ball. I, I, Can we I, bully I will, them or they going to bully us? I don't know. I, like,
1: I, I I agree with you. That's what you would like. But UK is really good against the run. Uh, you know, they're, they're not as good as Louisville against the run. But that's going to be interesting. But you know whose opinion I want to get on that? It's the guy we got on the line now, Mr. Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, how you doing this morning, brother?
3: Oh, man, getting ready for this game, buddy. How y'all doing out there?
1: Man, doing well. So good to hear your voice. I know that the folks down at the Granville are super excited about, uh, you know, what's going on today. I know it's going to be a very, very lively <laughs> crowd inside the Granville, I would guess.
3: Man, so, uh, you know, I came in here to open it up a little bit early. We uh, we decided we don't open till 11. We're open on 10, at 10 today because nice. it's game day. So we already got folks down there drinking, getting rowdy, hitting the go-karts buzzer. Nice. Doing things nice. like we do.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, Joe Kelly, tell me how you feeling. feeling. Um, you know, g- g- give me, like, is this uh, something where ha- were you nervous earlier in the week? Like, I've seen a lot of Louisville fans that were nervous earlier, uh, and they've really not been settled about it. They're worried about the fact that Louisville's dropped five straight against the Cats. Like, how are you feeling, man?
3: I'm feeling confident in the game. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of U of L fans and a lot of U.K. fans think. For a duration of the game, I think what the game comes down to is who turns the ball over the least in the first three quarters. If we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we should pummel them in the fourth. I believe yeah. it'll just be a war of attrition, and I think I think if you watch the game for three quarters, two and a half quarters, you'll say it was a very close, well contested game. I think in the in the second half, you're going to see the difference in the in the depth, and I do think we have better depth. I, mean, I think we'll do a better. I think we're going to see a lot of trickery today. Maybe not a lot, and I, I think we'll see trick plays. I don't think you'll see Jeff get too cute with it, though. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He
3: always pulls out something big in these in these sorts of games, and you know we heard him earlier this week say exactly what the fan base wants to hear: the biggest game on the schedule. So I think he's got something cooked up. I, to, I, had... I think it'll be a good game, though, for the first half.
1: Joe, how'd you like how'd you like that uh, the uh, tackle eligible uh, pass to Trevante Sylvester for the touchdown last week?
3: Why not? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a good? I remember John Madden one time calling a play and saying, "Oh, he hit him with the trick him. got got him with the trick him. I love it. I love it. We've seen cartwheels. We've seen eligible tackles. You know it. Aside from the wins, man, this season's been fun and entertaining, and I'm really, gosh, I'm I'm so happy for the fan base. They deserve this.
1: Yeah, um, no, I I agree with you, man. Like, uh, just the the. The excitement around the the, the program, the excitement for Louisville fans that have been thirsty for anything is difficult as things have been because, you know, basketball's not been great. And then you had a football program where everybody hated the football coach, (laughs) even though he was kind of like winning at least okay. (laughs) Nobody was really happy with anything. So, I mean, this this fan base has been thirsty for something good to happen with the program. And Jeff Brom has delivered, I mean – larger than the wildest of explanation I mean, the the fact that Louisville can be 11 and 1 like we knew and we talked about the fact that 8 wins was a minimum uh uh you know of where we thought that this team would be, but we also said that 10 10 wins was a legit possibility. 11 wins is on yeah. the table, y'all. Like 11 wins regular season. Like even the most passionate Louisville fans would have said, you know, would have been thought crazy to be like this is literally a reality that if louisville takes care of business 11 regular season wins is a special special season it's only happened twice in louisville history that they've gotten to 11 wins in a regular season so you know i mean that that's huge if you can do that for the third time in program history in your first year under jeff brown <laughs> wow
3: wow yeah i, I mean oh He's exceeded expectations, and he had high expectations. That's the craziest part to me is that, like you said, we did preseason uh, uh, radio and we talked about eight and a half. You taking over the under, and we both took the over on that. You know, I mean, I felt like nine was realistic. Ten were in, in possibility of eleven of is that's rare air. Yes, you know that's that is that is a damn fine season. There is nothing and, and to do that in year one, we had like I said, we had high expectations. We thought he was going to come in and be successful. We thought he would come in and, and have some success in the transfer portal. I did not expect him to knock it out like this, where he was the, the voting in the preseason was top rank these five coaches and who won the transfer portal. And Jeff was mentioned in that. And now he's up for coach of the year. You know, and and looking at a one loss season, that's that's phenomenal in year one. Unbelievable. I mean, he did he did his job. He did his job. You know, for not to take anything away from it. Admittedly, it was not the the strongest schedule um, conceivable. But uh, Louisville fans know as well as anybody. You can't control your schedule. All you can do is go win the games on it. Yeah, And that's what they did.
1: And and honestly, Joe, I mean, it's one of those things where the schedule's not as bad as what people continue to say it is. Like, if, if Virginia Tech goes out there and gets a win today over Virginia, which you would think they should, Louisville would have seven wins over teams that are going to the bowl. Going to a bowl game. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's a very good schedule. There's very few teams that have that many wins over bowl eligible teams. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, people always want to look at these computer rankings and they want to look at, you know, what just their basic opinions of, you know, what. The the schedule was coming in, but with, when you look at the actuality of it, you know Georgia Tech's been way better than what people thought. I mean, uh, North Carolina State's a three-loss football team. I mean, that's a very very yeah. good team. You know, I mean, so I think that the Louisville schedule's been fine. You know, I mean, if you want to talk about horrible schedules, I mean, let's let's keep it real. The SEC has not been good this year. The SEC mm-hmm. was horrible in the non-conference. They did not. I believe they had about a twenty. Uh, You know, 22, 25% win percentage versus other Power 5 conferences this year in the non-conference. But people just kind of basically just decided that they were going to ignore that and then only just focus on SEC teams playing each other. And kind of it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy where they were like, wow, look how great and powerful the SEC is. It's like, no, the great and powerful SEC was pretty much crap against everybody. You know, well I,
3: the SEC year. I, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was just gonna say, like, it just seems like they just want to conveniently just ignore the fact that the SEC struggled mightily in the non-conference this year.
3: Well, but I, but I think I think the the flip side of that argument is that rightfully so when you when you handle business year in and year out the way that conference is, you got to get grandfathered into the benefit of the doubt. You know, so. It, and people get conditioned, you know. It's 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 the old thing. To your point about G- Georgia Tech's better than people want to give them credit for. It is yeah. so difficult, and and we're all guilty of it to an extent. It is so so difficult not to 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 actually ignore the sticker decal on a helmet. Yeah. You know, you you get you, you buy into this concept that, that team can't be any good because they're them, right. and you ignore the the play on the field and the product on the field. And I think Georgia Tech's a great example of that. Uh, so I understand the bias towards the SEC, but yeah,
1: I uh, mean it's just a, it's just a little annoying it's, because it's, it's, been, it's, been, just a, like, it's man.
3: been down. It's 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 been a down year for that conference.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that that was the one thing about the playoff committee. Just like everybody saying, oh well, you have to take you know Alabama and Georgia. It's like, didn't Alabama lose to Texas? And there's people that are talking about Alabama should get in the playoff over Texas if both of those teams have one loss. I'm like, are you kidding? Like,
3: yeah, I go, I go back to what my dad him. used to always say, and this was, man, this is 30 years ago. This is pre-college football playoff. They'll forgive you for losing in September, but you better have your act together by the second week of October. You're cooked. You know, I mean, yeah. and for whatever reason, when you have that Nick Saban equity and that that roll tied equity built up, that's how this hinky BS happens.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I I just I, I think that the SEC thing has gotten overblown, uh, overblown for this specific year. Yes, the SEC has been the most dominant conference um, year in and year out. But for this specific season, I just don't think the SEC has been very good. I don't think Missouri's that great. Like Missouri is a top. You know, the top tw- 10, 12 team, whatever. But I don't necessarily think that team is that good. I don't, you know, I've not been overly impressed with any of the teams out there to just think that they are just world beaters. Like, I mean, even when you talk about the Georgias and Alabamas, they found ways yeah. to win. But I don't think they're overly dominant. Like, this is a year where if somebody said Washington won the championship, I wouldn't be shocked
3: at all. Mm-hmm. You know? No, no, not at all, not at all, and and it's funny you mentioned Washington because the point that I was about to make to you is uh, for the listeners, if anybody was wondering, doubt you were, or missed me, mm-hmm. the, the reason why I haven't been on much this season is because I, I work every Saturday. Yes. So during the day, I'm luckily, fortunately, uh, all the stuff we've been doing to try to build the bar back up to to pre-COVID standards and, and capacity, it's working. But that takes me away from getting to watch football until I get home at night on Saturday and then I re watch it on YouTube T V or whatever. Yeah. And I catch a lot of Pac twelve after dark. I'm I am I am probably more <laughs> I, I know more about the Pac twelve right now than anybody in, in this region of the country should ever know. Because it's the only stuff that I get to sit down and watch from opening kickoff till the closing bell. Uh, from start to finish. It's Pretty scary. And Washington is is a fun, fun, fun team to watch. Yeah, they are they are they are my sleeper pick, and and I yeah, I'm a big fan of what's going on out out that way. I mean, I'm telling you, like but I, I would not be not shot. being able. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was just gonna say I would not be shocked. No, that, you're right. Like Washington is a really good team. Oregon's a really good team. You know, I I, yeah, I think that those yeah. teams are really the, That I that Oregon Washington
3: game was insanity. In the the first quarter man, it was it was like I was flipping back and forth between that and the what are we going to call it, the Tobacco Road screw job. <laughs> that Duke North Carolina oh, I, I like, game. I like that. I'm calling that the Tobacco Road screwjob screw job forever. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um but but my point was the reason why I haven't been calling in as much this season is one one pet peeve that I have about radio: say what you will about this show, and say what you will about the people involved in it, but we don't lie and we don't we don't just blow smoke. If we say it, we mean it. Now you can disagree with it, but we're being honest with you, Give, sharing yes. our honest opinion. Yes, I haven't been able to watch enough football to really intelligently come in here and comment on it and not sound like I'm just reading a stat sheet or right. or a, oh, you watched the highlights. So I'm not going to do that to listeners. I'm not going to cheat them out of out of a couple hours a week that we do this. So I've kind of sat back because again, I've been watching a lot of Pac 12 and I don't really think anybody gives a damn <laughs> about the the comings and goings of the Pac 12. Nor should you. It's just my only option by the time I get out of here.
1: Right. Right.
3: No, I mean See what the Sun Devils of uh, of Arizona State are doing.
1: I mean, it's just one of those sad things, though, man, because it's like the Fact 12 is actually finally having a pulse and actually finally is going to be a big time factor in the national championship picture. And it's literally their last season of existence. <sighs> it's man. crazy.
3: Man. I hate this. And, and all week, you know what? I haven't even been able to rival on the level that I want to be able to rival. Like some of my, I hate to admit it, some of my best friends, closest friends, best people I know, they happen to cheer for the wrong team. So this week can be a little difficult with friends and family. Oh yeah. Um and the only thing and I can't really rival with them and talk smack and get into it not because I'm not confident in my team, not because I uh, any of that. It's because I'm I can't help but think with conference realignment, how many more governors cups do we get? Yeah. We got to win now because this thing might not be a thing in 3 to 5 years.
2: Next year.
1: I mean honestly like it's it's just it's crazy man I, it's 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 that's the 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 um you know that's the sad thing about this whole deal man is it just it's changing in ways that it, you know I, I mean I'm looking at these teams te- look at Texas you know what I'm saying? Texas is a big-time factor, and they're about to leave the Big 12 to go to the, the to the SEC. You know, you have all these teams that are big factors in the Pac-12 that are leaving to go to the Big 10. And it's like, no, like, you all can be successful and you all can get it done where you're at, and it's just all about money. You know what I'm saying? It's just all about money, and you're taking the regionalization away, to, to, you know, to, to go cash a check, and it just – I just – I hate to see it happen, and it, it's just crazy. It's almost like – I don't know if it's like poetic justice that these teams are having the seasons that they are, but to have Washington uh, and, and Texas be two teams that are legitimately uh, you know, big-time factors to get into that Final Four, uh, and both of them could be representing conferences that are going to be much lessened, if not all the way gone. Of course, the Pac-12 are gonna, is going to be all the way gone, and the Big 12 is going to look a lot different once Oklahoma and Texas leave for the SEC. I you know, you
2: talk about like lose like permanent rivalries, yes. like the Civil War. Uh I, I know they're trying to keep the backyard brawl or bring it back between you know West Virginia and Pittsburgh. But you no, know, who, who knows about that? You know, who knows about the Red River rivalry and all these other you know great rivalries you hear about? You know, they're all slowly just going away because of conference realignment. Yeah, you, know, you still have the. You know the big in conference. You know SEC and the and the Big team will always be able to keep their rivalry games because they pretty much stayed intact. You know, but other teams will kind of lose their natural rival and it's it's just it it is it is a very sad day to lose all the regionalism and things right, make so college football special. I yeah, turn to the uh, NFL. I uh, yeah. almost almost <laughs> an NFL South, but almost to turn like NFL Light.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Joe Kelly, is that you? Still you still with us? No, I'm Jay Boogie. Oh, no, oh, Jay Haz on the line. I thought that was Joe Kelly. I think I think we accidentally lost Jay, uh, Joe Kelly. Jay Haz, how you doing this morning, man? We got you on live. What's going on with you, man? Happy
0: holidays, brother.
1: Happy holidays, dog.
0: Man, I'm so full of turkey and dressing and everything. Well, <laughs> but listen, listen, I was, was going to impact on what Haven was saying. Haven was saying that. Uh, you know, you know, the you know, Nebraska, Oklahoma and all them big teams like that. I man, that's listen, at the end of the day, it's a business, man. It's it's a big business. Because when I remember when I was forty years ago, I remember Oklahoma man was winning the Orange Bowl. They didn't go to no other bowl besides the Orange Bowl. Them, Nebraska and Texas and all of them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh man, Oklahoma's big time doc. Yeah, I mean I- no team no no team dropped in the top Ten, uh, this week and uh, yesterday, uh, Rashawn and Haven. No,
1: nobody's moved anywhere. That's what I told Haven. I said over the last three, four weeks, man, none of the top ranked teams have lost. Like it's crazy. Usually, you have a bunch of teams getting upset, and you have teams moving up, moving down. Nobody's moving anywhere because everybody keeps winning. It's crazy. I
0: know, man. I know, I know. It's, it's so, anyway, got we'll got have a bit of this morning. Man, I move forward, man. That's all it is. What's That's up, nice. Haven? How you doing? Happy holiday to you, doc.
2: I man, happy holidays to you, too, Jay. Jay, J Miss has the great one. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I got to put some
0: sauce on my name, Doc? <laughs> well, somebody had to. Oh, quit it, Haven, man. Stop it. I got four of them, Haven, Haven. Have I had to stop it. I got four of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, you're hilarious. No,
0: nah, man, but, but this is an um, unbelievable uh, holiday, man. This is unreal that... Brom is now 10-1 and one going into the Christmas season. Man, this is amazing, man. This is history for the University of Louisville football team.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got a a, a opportunity today, Jay, to put a, a cherry on top. Only the third 11-win season, regular season in Louisville history. Uh, so, yeah, we got to see if they can get it done, man.
0: Can I give you my prediction? Absolutely. Yeah. Man, listen, I'm going to tell you this. I got a Louisville by 14. What? Okay. Yes sir, yes sir. It's cold. Get this, get this day over with. Move forward. Focus on, you know, on the big money in a couple of weeks. That's what you do.
1: Okay, okay. There we go. Jay has. I appreciate it, my brother. It's yeah, going. Mike. It's, it's going morning, down. I,
0: I, I'm riding
1: with Mike, man. Mike wants to say hello to you guys. ah dog nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell, tell, tell Mike what's up. Is he, oh, is he with you right now? He's right with me. Oh, hey,
0: what's up, we Mike? Like How you to happy Black Day. Happy holidays, everybody out there. And no. uh. I'm, I've got a spread of about 40. Rom's going to run it up. Dude! On first, name, first place.
1: <laughs> I like it, Mike. Beat down. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what's up, man. Happy holidays, brother. Hope you and, and the folks had a good uh, Thanksgiving, man. <laughs> hey, uh, y'all,
0: yeah, if anybody out there listened, you need to come listen to uh, Rashawn sing karaoke. I mean, it's really amazing. <laughs> and I, I really think y'all ought to come out to Jocks on uh what, what
1: night is it Wednesday night? Wednesday night karaoke, yeah, Josh. Yeah, and uh, go
0: cards.
1: There, there we go. Hey, I appreciate why, why it, it buddy. Give me your old resume. I time, know. I, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right, hey, hey, y'all be good. I'll see y'all down there. All right,
0: All right man. All right, All right, doc. All right man. Y'all enjoy yourself. I'll see you later, Sean.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, and, and with that, that is a perfect spot, fellas. We're going to go ahead and take this last time out, man. We're going to go ahead and hit the break. And when we come back, you know, uh, I believe Le'Anne Herring uh, will be joining us uh, to do picks. Joe Kelly, you going to be able to stay on and do some picks with us today?
3: Uh, I'm not going to be able to. Oh! I, to tomorrow, I do jo- want to leave off on this. Yeah, g- hey, give I me your prediction. Leave off on this. In, in the spirit of it being the holidays. Yes. And we're all thinking about what we're thankful for. Yes. And let's while we're saying we're thankful for this magical season – This magical season could not have happened without our dear friends up the road. Thank you, University of Cincinnati. (laughs) Wake Up 502 will be posting the address for the athletic department of the University of Cincinnati. (laughs) This was not my idea, but I'm supporting it, and I'm putting it out on air. I think everyone should send them a very nice Christmas card. Don't be mean. Don't be rude. But cards given Christmas cards. Thank you, Cincinnati. Check back with me in a couple months. You (laughs) might be able to kick the tires on a basketball coach that we got for cheap.
1: (laughs) Well said, well said. Hey, you got a score prediction? What's up? What you got? 34-17, good
3: guys.
1: I love it. I love it. There we go. Well, hey, appreciate it, Joe Kelly. We about to hit this break, my man. Make sure y'all stay tuned in. We're going to be getting y'all calls and texts in next. Leanne Herring up next. Hey, and like LL said, mama going to knock you out. And we'll be back. Music that is Welcome back to Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, and now being joined by the lady herself, the first lady of Wake
4: Up 502,
1: Miss Leanne Hang. Leanne, how you doing this morning?
4: Good morning. It's so good to be back on the air. Last couple weeks, you know, been on the road coaching with the kiddos, kind of caught some high school playoff football last night, but I think I couldn't think of a better way to be on game day than rivalry week weekend uh you know big things going on i hope the weather is a lot better in the ville than it is down here in texas cold and rainy but nonetheless let's get to it
1: yes ma'am yes ma'am absolutely we're gonna jump right into it but i heard you got some recruiting news so i I, you know i i I am a a love recruiting that is a a near and dear to my heart so what what you got
4: you got some, some scoop for us well, I think I think this is, is it's a surprise, but it's not a surprise. Just with everything that Jeff Brown been doing on the recruiting trail, uh, CJ Heard, uh, big time four star, uh, four star commit who decommitted from Florida State um, recently, will be in the Ville today to catch the to catch the game. Mm. I couldn't think of a better better stage once again for for Jeff Brown to especially with CJ Heard, like I said. Kid's monster recruit, uh, holds over 60 60 offers. I mean, this would be a huge, huge get. He's just a dynamic player, two-way player. Um, uh, Like I said, he's in primary as a safety, as a corner. Uh, Had 10 games, you know, over 10 games, 41 tackles, 6 PBUs. I mean, he's just a monster when he gets on the field, creates chaos. As a junior, I had high numbers as well and everything. So, you know, I think that was a... That was a big surprise, but to me, it wasn't a big surprise when I heard TJ was going to be on campus because, like I said, Louisville, uh, perfect stage, number nine, going for a playoff run. You know, ACC, all about it. So, I, I mean, that's going to be one to watch. I mean, that could be a huge flip. For,
1: for the Cards. Yeah, absolutely. That is huge news, of course, coming on the uh, the tales of uh, Louisville getting their first 2025 commitment. Uh, Mason Mims, quarterback out of Alabama, uh, made his commitment to, to Jeff Brown and the Cardinals as well. Uh, and, you know, I know Louisville's in there. Uh, they're in on the recruitment of the, the number one player currently in the uh, transfer portal for next year, uh, defensive lineman uh, Joey Slackman uh, out of Penn. Uh, who was just an absolute beast of a player. Uh, apparently, his first day in the portal, he had 17 offers uh, that, that you know from D1 schools, 6'4", uh, 300-pound uh, defensive lineman, already has offers including Washington, Florida, Missouri, Arizona, Colorado, Wisconsin, Louisville, Miami, Georgia Tech, North Carolina. So you get the point. Like, the kid is an absolute beast, and Louisville's right in there. Uh, he said he was very, very excited to get the Louisville offer. Um, so, I mean, you would think with the season that Jeff Brom has had, Leanne that he's going to have a lot of opportunities um, you know to get some big time players uh, in the portal as well as on the high school recruiting trails with the you know with how well Louisville's played the fun offense the the very exciting defense you know uh, playmakers at all three levels on both sides of the ball I would think that that would bode well I think that Jeff Brown's going to be up for probably a pretty big recruiting class this second time around don't you think?
4: No doubt, and like I said, you know, with Louisville, but I think the thing about Louisville, like you said, they're not only dominating on offense, having an exciting whistle, but on defense, and that's such enticing for players because Jeff Braum has, he's walked the walk and he's talked the talk. He's brought Louisville and lesson, you know, in such a short period of time if you think about the really turnaround that he's done at Louisville, having to reshape the program, having to rebuild the program, you know, Bring a program that fits what he's done to get to number nine. Be not just on, you know, a, a talk in the ACC conference, but on the national picture, on the, C, on the CFP level. You know, it's enticing for recruits, like I said. And that's where you get top talent like C.J. Hurd, fresh off a of decommitment from Florida State. And we all know what kind of season Florida State is coming in, you know, at number five, undefeated, yeah. you know, at Florida today. And, and you know, that's the, these are the big-time playmakers that want to come to Louisville. And I think because Jeff Brom is, is demonstrating week in and week out what he can do with his players on a short amount of time. But most importantly, he's creating a program of development. And I think that's what a lot of players are seeing. It's not necessarily – I I say it week in and week out. You know, yes, the NIL is important. Yes, you know, what your rank is important. But can I go to a program where I'm going to get highly coached and highly developed? Because a lot of these top players, they have aspirations, you know, to go at the next level. And a place like Louisville, it's enticing because they're they're dishing out – and showing showing through their actions week in and week out, like I said, and I think it's just it's no better stage. And Louisville and Jeff Brommer just really, and in his entire coaching staff and his in recruiting staff has just really set set up a really really enticing place for you know all level players to come and want to play not just for a year but for the long haul.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. And yeah, it's going to be awesome to have CJ and the rest of the uh, recruits. There's been so many players that have come in to watch Louisville over the last several weeks. It's almost been like a, just a humongous uh, commercial uh, for the University of Louisville over the last several weeks. So we'll definitely no keep, keep an eye on that. But let's go ahead, jump to it. Let's get on these games, Leanne. Um, of course, uh, we're, we're going to save. We're going to actually save Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, for I'm going to let. We're going to talk about a couple other ones first before we get into U of L UK. I need to know what's Going on, we have the Big Ten showdown. We have Ohio State at Michigan, number two versus number three. Uh, Michigan is a three-point favorite in this game. Uh, Basically, it's a pick'em. Michigan's getting the three points because they're at home. Um, What are you thinking in this one? Um, You know, this is to me. I I am leaning Ohio State right now. But but, what do you think about this game, especially with Hardball not being there?
4: You know, this Michigan right now is just their energy outside the the playing field has been disruptive. Of course the hardball's not being here and then of course former, you know, Olmus DC who's also Chris Partridge who also has been let go um, you know, with the whole tampering sign scandal, recruiting scandal, so Michigan right now mentally has checked. I'm not. I hate to say checked out, but they're going to have a real difficult time concentrating in all this. But but at the same time, they could flip the tables and use his energy to take it out on Ohio State. But on this one, I'm I'm with you, Rashawn. I like Ohio State um, for three and a half. I think it's a solid play. Uh, I, I just think that the Buckeyes. As much as I don't go against Ohio State, I've been going against Ohio State. I just like Ohio State. I think that they're going to play a stronger game. I think they're going to be more. They're going to have more composure, even on the road on this one. You know, just with everything Michigan has been through, you know, off the field. I just, it, it's just hard. Even as dynamic players as they have, I think Ohio State just comes in with the more collectively better ball club on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. You know, they, have, they haven't they have faced, you know, the players that they will face in Michigan. But I just think Ohio State is coming mentally and physically more capable even on the road. So I'm going to take Ohio State to cover and pull up the upset, in, uh, you know, on the road against the Wolverines.
1: I like it. Haven hey, Harrington, what are you thinking? Michigan, uh, minus three. Uh, what, what, what do you think about that one?
2: You know, Michigan is playing the woe is us car. We're the victims. Uh, the past couple of weeks, they've just been running the ball but down everybody's throat. Shamar, uh, Sharon Moore former Louisville tight ends coach, now offensive coordinator, now interim coach for your Michigan Wolverines, has been doing a great job of literally just playing bully ball. Yeah. Ryan Day, I know a lot of Ohio State fans are not happy with Ryan Day, not sure that he can actually win the big one, and this is the big one. I think they get it done. Give me Ohio State three by three.
1: Nice. Nice. There we go. And you know what? I agree with you guys. I just don't think Michigan's going to be able to just bully ball uh, you know, Ohio State the way they did Penn State and the last couple of teams that they've played over the last couple of weeks. They're going to have to be able to make some plays in the passing game. J.J. McCarthy has not really been asked to do much of anything all year. That's why it's always been funny to see him as a Heisman Candid because it's like he really hasn't really thrown the ball at all. So, yeah, I understand he's playing for undefeated Michigan, but like he hasn't really done anything. And I think this is a situation where, you know, Ohio State has the best offensive player in the game in Marvin Harrison Jr. I think Marvin Harrison's going to make the plays. Um, I, I do like the Buckeyes. I just don't think Michigan's going to be able to score enough points uh, to be able to stay in this one. So, give me Ohio State as well in that one. Let's go ahead and turn it to, to the Iron Bowl. Let, let's talk about a little Auburn, Alabama. Alabama still looks to try to backdoor their way uh, into the, the playoff. Nick Saban took a, a very sh- shaky early start to the season, a loss to Texas, and he's shucking it off. Alabama's playing their best football right now. They're heading on the road uh, to Auburn. They have nothing to play for but to upset the apple cart, knock off Alabama in their playoff hopes. Uh, Leanne, Alabama is a 14-point favorite in this one on the road. Um, does Auburn have any shot to do anything against the, uh, against the tie today?
4: You know, you wanna think like you said, in a rivalry week he frees would nothing love nothing more than to to throw off the chance of, of Nick Saban spoiling the party even though they're their SEC championship against Georgia. Uh, normally I wouldn't take such a highlight. I've been I've been going against the Crimson a lot, but like they say, you really shouldn't bet against Nicky Saban and the Alabama Crimson Titans in big games. like uh, Alabama has just come really seasoned. They've really come into his own. Jalen Milroe has just been fantastic. You know, they cruised over Chattanooga last week. The Tigers suffered, and while Auburn suffered a huge defeat over New Mexico State last Saturday, even though they were the 25-point favorite. So, in this one, even though the line's big, yes, it's in the Iron Bowl, yes, it's in the road, but I think Nick Saban, not only in this game, of course, getting the Iron Bowl victory. Is, is, always a big, uh, is always a big must when you're Alabama and you're Nick Saban. But they, I think he also has to have another strong, convincing win down the stretch, um, even though he's, he's already guaranteed a spot in, in, the, in the SEC championship, but also to keep that playoff berth and, and to leave, and show that playoff committee that, you know, that Alabama deserves to be there and they want to be there. So I'm going to take Alabama 14, lay down the points.
1: like it. I like it. Haven hey, Harrington, what do you think? In Alabama uh, minus 14?
2: Man, I'd take Alabama minus 21 with these yeah. <laughs> Auburn is, is 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 horrible this year. I mean, just horrible. Horrible. Give me Alabama and 21. <laughs> I like it. And you know
1: what? Let's make it three for three. I totally agree with you. Most years I would say, well, maybe Auburn has a chance. But I've watched Auburn play too many games this year, and they are really bad. They, they are really bad um, even – for you know some of the, the lesser Auburn teams over the last several years, uh, yeah, give me the tide to roll on this when Saban is not going to allow uh, Auburn to have one of those magical days uh, like like you know back several years ago when Auburn pulled the upset. I don't see that one happening. I, I agree with you as well. Last game before we turn to U of Florida State on the road. Uh, at Florida in Gainesville both teams are going to be playing with backup quarterbacks the unfortunate gruesome injury um, to uh, Jordan Travis last week Graham Mertz goes down with the broken collarbone as well so it's going to be a battle of the backups Leanne Florida State is a six and a half point favorite on the road in the swamp what are you thinking about this one
4: you know like you said it's always tough to come in a rivalry game it's you know so late in the season when you got to adapt and adjust but I think I think Florida State in this one is just, they just, been. I bet a lot against Florida State not covering, but again, I'm, I'm going to take a lot of the favorites in this one this week just because, you know, I think that Florida Florida State will just have the a better ability, uh, even in the swamp, even in the atmosphere, to adapt and adjust more quickly and play a lot better ball. I don't think it's going to be as high a scoring game as we're probably expecting, but I'll take Florida State to lay down the points.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I like it. Haven hey, Harrington, what are you thinking in this one? Florida State uh, giving six and a half.
2: You know, Florida showed me a lot in their loss to Missouri. Their backup quarterback, man, he had something special. He is a dynamic runner, uh, has a live arm, and Florida has a ton of weapons. And they actually got that ground game going against Missouri. You give me Florida State in points. (laughs) You did a great job of selling that one. I love that.
4: I I mean, I don't think we've gone three for three altogether. In some time, I think we're all on the same page. Yeah,
1: I I have to agree with you all. Give me FSU. That defensive line is monstrous. And even on the road in, in Gainesville, I just think that that Florida State defense, the Florida State running game, and just the experience, Um, you know, that the backup there at FSU has. um, Rodemaker at least has a lot of experience. He's had to play um, uh, previously. So, yeah, give me Florida State. I I agree with it. So, yeah, we we are going straight favorites and, and we are all picking the same so I you know hey at least we're all great minds think alike y'all that's what we think all right so we're gonna get to it now University of Louisville versus University of Kentucky Wildcats on the road coming to l and Cardinal Stadium Louisville is laying seven and a half at home Leanne what are you thinking about this one you know this is
4: this is gonna be an interesting game Kentucky coming you know coming off a loss you know, not playing the Kentucky ball that everyone thought and anticipated they'd be, and Louisville shining, shining like a diamond and beyond, playing for so much. Nobody thought that the program was going to be where it is, and then here you have it. You know, and in Louisville, if you think about it, is coming with four years of of anger and upset, having to be the stepchild, woman of the Wildcats, but not this, not this year, not this time. I think that Louisville, hands down, going to take them on the points. Going to cover, going to cruise, and I think they're just going to they're going to play they're going to show out and play out. You know, not like I said, they're not just looking to win the Governor's Cup; they're looking to make a statement on the national picture, and they're going to do it today in front of a great uh, in front of a great crowd. So I'm going to take Louisville hands down on the points.
1: There we go. Haven Harrington, what are you thinking? Give, give, give me your pregame
2: prediction, sir. It's going to be bully ball. Who's going to be the bully? For the last five years, Kentucky's been a bully, and it's bullied Louisville all over the place. That ends today. I think Jeff gets it done. He's a big game coach. He knows it's a big game. Both teams will be fired up and ready to go. I think Louisville's going to be a little bit more fired up. We're going to run it down their throats. Grindo, 150 yards rushing. Wow. Count it. L. the good guys win by 10.
1: There we go. There we go. And you know what? Let's make it three for three again. You know what? I, when I look at this game, I told you this, this game is about aspirations versus desperation. Louisville aspires to be a playoff team. They aspire to be one of the best teams in the country this year. Kentucky is desperate, and their desperation is written all over their faces coming into this game. They need to get it done to try to salvage uh, what's been a bad season uh, for U.K. standards under Mark Stoops uh, You know, over the last you know eight to ten years. This has just not really met that standard. Um, I I do think that the running game is going to be super important, but I saw something in Jack Plummer. Um, Some of the passes that he made, shaking off the slow start uh, to make big plays in the passing game, especially to the tight ends. I love the way the Louisville tight ends are playing. I would love to see Joey Gatewood get into the end zone versus his former team. Uh, To see him score that touchdown, I think it would be huge for him. I think it would be huge for just the statement uh, uh, of Gatewood just kind of showing that he's kind of re- reclaimed a new career, and now a guy who's getting NFL looks as a tight end as well. Um, so I-, I give me Louisville. I think they're going to get it done. I think Kentucky's going to keep it close. There's going to be something weird that happens, as it always does in these games—a defensive touchdown or uh, some sort of weird special teams—and that's going to keep Kentucky in the game early. I think Louisville puts it away in the second half. Give me the uh, the, the the Louisville Cardinals for the victory, twenty-eight. 21. I think they get it done. I think the Wildcats play better than than advertised. Um, but you know, I, I do think it's it's gonna be close. I, I'm I'm gonna take Louisville to win. But I think it's gonna be about that seven. I don't like that seven and a half. Um, so I you know, Kentucky in the points. I think it's gonna be a seven point game. But I do think that Louisville gets the win. Uh, you know, with, with maybe a late uh, touchdown. So I, I, I will, I, I will say that we're, we're gonna, we're, we're all picking Louisville to win, but I'm actually gonna take Kentucky to cover those those seven and a half. I, I thought it was six and a half still, uh, and I was gonna take Louisville, but it's seven and a half, I don't like that number, y'all. Uh, so so give me that. But uh, Leanne, before you get out of here, the, do you have any other games that you're looking at uh, that that you that you see that you know folks may want to keep an eye on today?
4: Yeah, well, my lock game is a uh, is Houston. Houston on the road against a uh, UFC. I think a uh, Houston uh, last time I looked at the line was uh, was the underdog by fourteen. They also play at, at noon, so I'm going to take Houston as my lock pick today. And I am going to go with some underdogs, of course. Number one, Georgia uh, Georgia Tech. I think last time I saw a that UGA was favored by twenty four yes, points. Twenty four. Maybe it was twenty nine. Twenty four points. But I but I just like Georgia Tech in a rivalry game. You know, they're they're playing. You know, even though this game. It matters, but it doesn't matter in a lot of points. So I, like, I think that's still a lot of points. I'm going to take Georgia Tech to cover with those 24 points. And then South Carolina just happens to get weird against Clemson. Even though Clemson's had an up-and-down season, they're they're kind of coming into their own. But they're still the 7.5-point favorite. But I'm going to take South Carolina and Shane Beamer and, and the weirdness at home in a rivalry game. So I'm going to take South Carolina to cover and, and maybe even pull up the upset against Clemson in a rivalry weekend. So i taking a few underdogs on, on the back end. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good weekend. and. And a lot of rivalry games and everything, like you said, anything can happen. But it's going to be a lot close. So I wouldn't take the over on too many games today.
1: Absolutely. I do like that one. And just a bonus pick for me, you all. NC State is getting two and a half points at home versus North Carolina. I'm on that all day. Uh, give me the Wolfpack, and I'm taking them two and a half points. I think that NC State's going to get the outright win, but the fact that they're getting points at home as well as they've been playing, uh, give me that one. But Leanne, I definitely appreciate everything. Uh, enjoy the game, uh, and uh, look, look to chat with you soon, okay?
4: Sounds good. Sounds good. There all we
1: up. go. All right. There we go. Leanne Herring, as always, uh, you know, the therebelwalk.com is where you can check her out. Um, and just definitely appreciate her being a part of everything that we do and have continued to do, um, you know, th- throughout this football season. Haven Harrington, and uh, as I start getting a little bit of brand as punks jump up to get beat down, playing in the background. Uh, give me kind of your final thoughts about the game and what we're gonna see today, Haven.
2: Grindo running down people's throats. Play action pass over the top. Good guys win. Bully balls back.
1: Hey, hey, and and one of our texts is by the way. uh, The text then said, so nobody's gonna say nothing about Dolly Parton. Hey, let me tell you something. Dolly showed out at, the, at the, the the Dallas Cowboys game. Man, the fact that Dolly is 77, almost 78 years old, and she can still go out there looking good in her Dallas Cowboys okay, Championship uniform. Of all, hey, I'm ahead, a Cowboys Dolly. fan.
2: I don't care about the Cowboys uh, two in the playoff game. <laughs> That's fair. fair. That's sad. You, yeah, you,
1: you sound like you had a little bit of stink behind that, hey, man. I have got a lot of stink remember. behind that. a playoff game, Danny. <laughs> but shout out, Dolly, man. Shout out, Dolly, girl. Go ahead and do your thing what I'm talking about. She's the ages one. She is not She hasn't changed at all since I was like
2: five. That's what Botox would do for.
1: Hey him. man, I'm telling you, but it's got to be the good stuff because hey, there's a lot younger that look a lot worse than Dolly. <laughs> hey, he just
2: surgeon, Good, good doc.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I agree with you, Haven Harrington. I think Cardinals get it done. It's going to be all about toughness. It's going to be all about fight. And you know what? Some punks is about to get uh, to jump up, and they're going to get beat down. For Haven Harrington, this is Rashawn Myers. This is Wake Up Five Hundred Two. Enjoy the game and go Cardinals. <laughs> Keep it locked on Kentucky Allis Only
2: locally on Sports Talk 1450 and 96.1 FM The Big X Sports Radio WXVW Jeffersonville